My name is Beth Palmer. I am the executive pastor here at Grace. And during this Advent season, we've been utilizing different art forms each week to reflect on different aspects of what it means to wait, which is kind of what Advent is all about, that waiting season. So the first week we looked at um, a piece of photography, and then last week we utilized the medium of film, and probably because I was the director of worship here for 14 years before stepping into this executive pastor role, today it's my pleasure to reflect on a particular piece of music that I hope kind of opens up this idea of what it means to live in a waiting place. So as we begin this morning, will you pray with me? Father, I pray that you would speak through me. I pray that you would speak to us through all the elements of this service. Lord, that as a result of our time together, we might um, be transformed a little bit more into your likeness or be one step further on our journey with you or maybe be a little bit more in love with you as a result of our time together. Be present to us now, I pray. Amen. You may or may not know, some of you have figured this out already, but I am an alien. I think the technical term is actually resident alien, but it's alien nonetheless. And this means that I'm afforded most of, but not all, the rights of living on American soil. But in my bones, I still feel foreign. And I actually really enjoy that tension. So when I see pictures, uh, like on this stage behind me, there's, there's normally a picture of this old Irish oak tree. It's a photograph that was taken just outside of Blarney Castle. Or when I hear news from home, or most especially when I hear Irish music, there is a deep resonance within me. There's phrases that I often use that I have to explain what they mean. Like you might have heard me say, Bob's your uncle, or wind your neck in, or what's the crack? You can ask me later what those mean. I take joy and delight in feeling different and in having to actually explain what those phrases mean to people. It certainly helps me that Ireland is this magical, mystical country that most people in America seem to revere. Um, it mightn't be the same if I came from, you know, Liechtenstein or Canada or something. But I am permanently aware that I live in one world but my home, my blood, my heart is really in another. And so this tension should be the same for us as Christians, right? Our citizenship, Paul tells us in Philippians 3.20, is in heaven. So our daily experience on earth should be that same tension that I've just described that I live in, of being in this world but not really being of it. And Advent, to me, really highlights and brings to life this tension because, and, um, excuse me, I lost my place, because it's fraught with reminders that Christ's birth signals the beginning of a period of tension that we often refer to around here as the already, not yet. Christ was born, Christ will come again, but we live in this period in between. Part of the reason why we celebrate Christ's birth so specifically and regularly, is not just that it's the moment when God became one of us, became fully human, but it's also the moment when the kingdom of our Lord was inaugurated on earth. It signals the beginning of our living in this tension between the already and the not yet, of knowing that this world does belong to God, 
but his sovereign reign it isn't fully realized. It hasn't fully come to bear yet. And so much of the language in our Christmas carols centers on that surprise, like the incredible impact of the good news as it would have been first declared. So a carol like Joy to the World says, Joy to the World, the Lord, the Lord has come, and then goes on with this bold declaration, Therefore, no more let sin and sorrow grow or thorns infest the ground because Jesus has come to make his blessing known as far and wide as the curse is found. Or in Hark the Herald Angels sing, um, there's a line that says, born, to, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give a second birth. That's incredible news. It is no wonder that the angels are singing, Hark! Right? The angels announcing Jesus' birth, they aren't doing it in this meek and mild manner. They're not like, uh, hey, excuse me, guys, um, I kind of have this kind of cool news to share if you would just, like, give me a minute. No! Hark! Hello, world! Wake up! Glory to the newborn king, the king of the universe, the same king that flung stars into space and held the sun in his hands as he made it. That God is down there laying in a manger. Response, glory to God in the highest. But hardly anyone noticed. Think about it. Luke 2.13 says, a great company of angels filled the sky that night. Other translations say, a great assembly or a multitude or a vast host. The message translation of the Bible says, a huge angelic choir appeared in the sky that night. But somehow the only people who heard and noticed it were some mangy shepherds laying around on a hill. Wouldn't you think that if you heard this incredible message, incredibly sung to incredible music, you would notice and you would fall on your knees and you would say, show me the way. This leads us to the musical piece that I want to share with you today. It's actually the flash mob version of the Hallelujah Chorus from Handel's Messiah. And I'm sure you've all seen it, especially at this time of year. It's usually in a shopping mall or, you know, some kind of public place. And one person pops up and starts singing, Hallelujah! And then somebody else joins in and more and more build. And after a while, you've got a full choir interrupting people's Christmas shopping. And I was raised singing and playing um, the Hallelujah Chorus in choirs and orchestras. But it wasn't until I saw this flash mob version of it that I think the words, the impact of the words fully and truly hit me. The Hallelujah Chorus is this massive, magnificent, forceful declaration of the truth that says, the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord, and he shall reign forever and ever. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And on and on it goes. And in this, these flash mob scenes, people are milling around. You know, they're in JCPenney or whatever, trying to decide which socks they should get for Uncle Charlie for Christmas. Should I get the stripy socks or maybe the reinforced toes would be better? And they're not sure, you know, what's going on when all of a sudden, a multitude of the slightly heavenly host splits open the mall with this earth-shattering 
power-shifting war cry that declares that God has begun a new chapter in history, which is the beginning of the end for all darkness, for all disease, for all hatred, for all violence, for all evil, and, thanks be to God, for all death. Oh, I just can't decide whether these stripy ones would really be Uncle Charlie's thing. I don't know. Oh, look at these polka dot socks. Are you kidding me? Did you not just hear that? This world belongs to God. His kingdom has come. His kingdom is coming. Everything is changing. God is on the move. You've maybe heard me say before when I've been talking about worship that one of the powers of our sung worship is that it is a, it's a declaration of protest against the way things are in this world. So when we sing, chains shall he break for the slave is our brother, or, you know, no more let sin and sorrow grow, those words go against the culture that says, yeah, it's just the way it is. The world's going to hell in a handbasket. One of our jobs as Christians is to look different, but it's also to hope differently. It's to see the world differently from those around us. Sometimes I wish that we all literally had rose-colored glasses to see this world with a, a filter that you might call, you know, kingdom come set over it. It might look something like this picture. It would be a shocking reminder on a daily basis that this world is not as it seems because it belongs to God. And his kingdom has and is coming. And this kind of seeing the world this way would be a reminder that we are aliens here, but we're aliens with a mission to declare and bring this kingdom to bear anywhere and everywhere we go, as far and as wide as the curse of sin and death is found. One of the standout features for me on these flash mob videos is like the look on the faces of the innocent bystanders, right? Like for a couple of minutes, especially in this one we're about to see, for a couple of minutes, I think they start to, I think they start to get it or they start to feel something, right? These people who I'm blanketly assuming on a daily basis don't see the world through that kind of rose-colored, the, the, the lenses that we do as Christians, for a minute they get this tiny glimpse. This, they feel a glimmer of hope or a sense that there's something bigger than themselves going on, something truly cosmic. So I'm going to leave you with the flash mob rendition of the Hallelujah Chorus. Um, try to place yourself in the scene a little bit. You're in J.C. Penney's, you're looking at the socks, when all of a sudden... I wish I could tell you that we were going to stand now and sing the Hallelujah Chorus together. We're not equipped for that, but we are going to stand and sing in response because I feel like there is no better response than for us to declare loudly with our mouths, so we're going to join in singing Hark the Herald. Will you please stand with us?